0: Welcome to the Once Blind Podcast, your host, Carlos. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Once Blind Podcast. Hope you're all feeling good, doing well. I am going to veer from just a sense of, you know, lies that the church has told us, apologetics, even the spiritual abuse and go another way. We're not doing acts either. I do have to get back to acts It's it's been a while. And I got to apologize cuz with work, with you know trying to get ready for hunting seasons and all this other stuff and fishing, the weather's been nice, so I try to take the kids out as well as spend time with the lady. I've 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 neglected you guys. I'm sorry, but (laughs) here I am, and I want to take this episode and thank someone who may not even ever hear this, may never be told about this or anything, but hopefully, and my prayer is the day of encouragement that he, or the day that he may need encouragement, that maybe he'll stumble upon this and see that even though his ministry is thousands of miles away, Someone needed the tool that God has made him, and it was the right tool for me. So I came to Christ about 15 years ago, and in the area that I am in, in Dirty Jersey, the way, at least pastors that I've found, and I'm talking about at least six, seven churches that I've been ministering at, working with, helping, whatever, that I haven't really found someone who was so balanced in how they teach the scripture and how they proclaim the words of God. And it's almost, and it's interesting, by the time I say his name, I'm wondering how many people will know of who I'm talking about. But it's the sense of, as he calls them, they've sisified Jesus. They've made Jesus to be something that he is not. And I, coming to the Lord, was reading scriptures, and I was looking at how Jesus acted with his disciples, with the Pharisees, when he was mentioned in the Old Testament through Christophanies and things like that. For those that don't know, Christophanies are when before Jesus was born and when people would see him. So with that being said, I didn't see this weakling, right? I saw meek. And meek is is him hiding his strength or or putting his strength aside to be kind, to be sensitive, to be loving. You know, he didn't have to judge on that moment, so he chose not to, because he had every right to. So that meekness, right? I I think there's a rapper that says, try being meek for a week. And no one can. It's hard. But he personified it. it. It was who he is. And he would teach about Jesus the way the Bible speaks of him, not the way that we portray him or the way we would want him to be, but how the Bible says he is. And he was not only teaching me about Jesus, the same Jesus that I was reading in the Bible, but about being a father, about being a husband, uh, homeschooling, uh, so many things in my life. How, what type of employee I need to be? Everything. What type of minister I was, or am, or whatever the word would be. I think I'm ministering to people here. So either way, but by title, minister in all facets of life. The way he just poured into me without even knowing me, and it's 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 sad, but I'm grateful, you know, because I didn't need it. And there were great men in my life that I met through time and that I'm still friends with some of. I mean, others are whatever, but either way, there are those. And one person I, I got to thank, you know, where he's extremely busy, I'm busy, but when we, we get together, there's still that, that kinship. And I still learn from him a lot is Ray Dash Sr. But teaching-wise... And it was amazing to see how for years and years that this man has been in ministry as a pastor, when he would talk to husbands, he wouldn't change himself to speak to women. And and we've talked about this before in the show where that's a sense of spiritual abuse where we beat up on the men, but we're afraid to say anything bad about women. He never did that. He, He would talk to the men the same way he would talk to the women. He wouldn't alter the Bible for men and he wouldn't alter the Bible for women. He was very balanced in, in just teaching because husbands and wives need to hear the things of the Bible so that we can portray what we're supposed to, right? We're, we're ambassadors of Christ. Our marriage is to portray the relationship of the church with Jesus, Jesus being the bridegroom. So why, why, I don't know why they do it, but, so I would hear him teach husbands and I'm like, wow, you know, a little strong for those that are in wrong. You know, he's very keen for saying, if you can't say amen. You ought to say ouch. If you don't know who it is by now. I don't think you'll know, but either way. So very keen for that. Right. It can't say amen. Say ouch. And there was a lot of things then that I was hearing and it's my wife who introduced me to him. And imagine that my wife was the one to introduce me to him. So either way, as I'm, Listening to these things of husband, I, I, there was a lot of ouch moments there weren't amens, they were ouch eventually they became amen, but at first he was he was really helping push what the scriptures were already doing in my heart and in my mind. yeah the Bible was shaping me to be a certain type of husband, but he simply put A lot of these things that still kind of like pondered in my head, like, what could that be? And he explained it so well and a very intelligent man. And, And it's not that he, you know, took away from his intelligence to teach. It was, it's just, he did such a good job. And even something that I learned from him, if you guys notice, whenever I use church and ease or or one of these biblical, you know, presuppositions, stuff like that, which is another reason why I use the word presupposition so much, anyone who's ever heard him teach, that's one of his words. And it's my favorite word, but he'll explain it and and he'll do it in such a way where it doesn't feel like it's a class and you're not sitting before a lecture you're, you're sitting before a conduit of the words of God. You know, right through him, God is teaching. So I'm, I'm listening to what a husband should be biblically. And again, a lot of ouch moments. But then he teaches the wives. And I was like, wow, I respect that. That's a man. You know, I, I, I heard his testimony countless times. You know, football player, college. I, I love when he talks about, and and it's geared more towards youth. But even it encouraged me because me and my wife knew each other for a year and then we got married. Uh, they knew each other for six months and they got married, and, and they're still together. And years later, nine children. whoo You know, I, I'm I'm only at seven, eight, eight. You know, it's like wow. <sighs> So, teaching women. Excuse me one second. <clears throat> teaching women. No, he he just he didn't take back. It was like, no, this is what the scriptures say. This is how it is. This is what it is. And though me and my wife would read that that way, we would go to churches and, oh my God, the massacring of Ephesians. I, I love how he says it. Uh, they die the deaths of a thousand apologies, right? And and it's funny because. When it comes to speaking of women, yes. When it comes to of, of speaking of, of sexual orientation and all these things, he talks about how pastors basically die the deaths of a thousand apologies. And it's, it's facts. It's facts. I've sat before pastors who claim to be men and leaders and so on. But when it came to teach women, they would falter. And they would then say, well, you know, you don't want the women to get mad because then the women take their husbands because it's the woman who guides the man. So in other words, you want them to learn to be submissive to their husbands by you being submissive to them or catering and pandering to them. I don't know how that works. So the first pastor that, that I've seen that men or women teaches them the same. You know, talks about his his marriage in, in the sense of yeah, though the world and society tells you you should wait till you're way too old to have kids and way too old to anything to get married. Uh, he was no six months in college. Boom, let's get married. Like yeah, and the way he goes about it, it's not like he gave this big love story and so on and so forth. He he's very plain about it. I wanted her. That's what his words. I. Wanted her. He couldn't wait. And obviously, it was consensual because she had to say yes. <laughs> so, another thing I've never, ever seen her in the spotlight somewhere. I've never, ever seen her. With her own books and her own ambitions and her own anything. Never. Look at most of these pastors. They they push their wives to the front. I mean, I've seen pastors and even heard how pastors will be on the radio supposedly to answer questions. And then they bring their wives along. And then the wife will completely bastardize scripture. And the husband just, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because they don't want to disagree in public. Like, are you kidding me? And then, little by little, you started seeing less of him and more of her. And it's like, oh, she wanted a radio show. She just needed you to introduce her to, you know, because he was a famous celebrity pastor. So he, she just needed the intro so she could take over. Interesting. So I've never seen that about her. I've never heard about his children. And... Oh, the, the fact that he adopted so many kids is like, wow, bro, like <laughs> you really did want a big family and you were going to get it no matter how. <laughs> and amen, man. Amen. He leaves the comforts of Texas to go to Africa. Right. So people talk about, Oh, I went to a ministry. I did two weeks. Look at me. I took a bunch of little pictures so everyone can see on Instagram. No, he he moved his family there. Ministry. Like, wow. So though he talked a lot about how being ministers and what we have to be, he was given the opportunity to go minister somewhere where he probably was a little bit less comfortable. But that didn't matter. You know, his children, taking them from from Texas, little by little, I'm giving you information. By now you should know who it is. But if not, you know, little by little. Takes them out of Texas to Africa. Hmm. Other things that, that again astonished me. When he taught about homeschooling, because he was a homeschooling father, you know, parents of, you know, they were teaching their kids through home. I remember me and my wife wanted a homeschool, but we I, I was on the fence, she wasn't, I was. And he said, and I love this about him. He has all these little quotes, and it's like they stick with me. Years and years later, I'm talking about this is 15 years ago. And it's a sermon where he said, If you take your children to Caesar, don't be surprised when they become Romans. And at first I was like, hmm. But it, it's one of those quotes that, that, you know, as as you meditate on it and, and you just really chew and, and and think of, yeah, I I was a Roman. I was. Everything the schools taught me, that's how I thought. My wife was a Roman. We went to the public school system and everything they wanted to indoctrinate us in, they did. It wasn't until Christianity that we kind of woke up from a lot of things. And then from there, with these new eyes that God has given us, we were able to see the indoctrinations that were ruining our lives. That were ruining our, our thought process and how we, we saw family and how we saw children and how we saw all these different things. We were Romans. Why would I do that to my kids? And then listening to how him and his spouse did it and and all the work that they put into it. It was was wow. And hearing him over and over in different topics of homeschooling, it was like, wow, yeah, no, this this kept encouraging me to continue through the fight because as parents, and this is for anyone who homeschools, you know the struggle. You know how often we sit there and we're like, man, what do we do? What do we do? Oh, this this is difficult. This is difficult. Like how 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 do we continue? What can we do? Well, this was a person that Man, God is amazing because I would have certain questions and and certain doubts and certain things in my life. And I would turn on through YouTube or whatever, one of his videos, and it was like, oh, I just happened to pop out on the right one. And it's not like, you know, when your phone listens to you talk about a certain thing and then all of a sudden you're getting commercials about it. This was something where it's a message. You know, the phone isn't going to push anything Christian But it was a message that popped up because I listened to one thing. This one came up, and it was right on the money, man. God is amazing. What type of father I need to be. Oh, the messages about just discipling your children, discipling and and, and family worship and all these things where where as a father, right? He has a book, and I'm going to massacre the title right now. It's uh, Shepherding Your Family. I think that's it. And then there's Family Driven... um, Hold on a second. I think that one's right next to me, actually. Family Driven Faith. Okay. So these are, are books surrounding the family and what it should look like. But it's interesting how so many people in the homeschool community, especially Christian homeschool communities, feel that... The wife is the one that does most of the work. The wife is the one that, you know, is what it is. And we are, in a sense, the principal where we guide certain things. We provide curriculum, yada, 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 all this stuff. But the way he makes it where, no, you, you are involved in it. There are so many things that you have to do. She might have to do a lot of the footwork with education-wise, but you, you have a, a a role to play and not because of homeschooling, but because the Bible says so. Train up a child. What does it mean to train up a child? You know how many people will, will teach through that scripture, especially churches that do expository. They will teach through that, but they don't explain it in the sense of, no, it is almost a commandment, right? Because we we know 10 commandments, but it's, it's so interesting how, man, going go to a certain church and, and it's like, no, you need to come here. You need to go there. And we, they divide the family, right? They got um, dads uh, retreats, men retreats, women retreats over there, these retreats over there, homeschool retreats, family retreats, w- which are rare. They had, those are like once, maybe every two years, while the other ones are like every other month. But just the way he he, man, I'm telling you, I don't know how many messages I would get from whatever pastor I was sitting before at that point, and then hear his be like, "Man, why why can't I live in Texas?" <laughs> because that I, I that aligns with what I've been reading on the Bible. This doesn't. That did. I want that. That that's what I want to be reminded of. Because see, most of or at least my opinion is, is that when you sit before a pastor or a teacher or whatever you want to call him, he shouldn't be teaching you something extremely new, right? He should be teaching you something that you've already read in the Bible, but from a different perspective. Not different from the Bible, but different from yours. Because all our presuppositions are completely different. Where we started from, Is completely different. So sometimes we are learning something as we go learning it. A different perspective will actually help align us with the Bible. Or it will encourage us that what we're getting from the Bible is actually what it is because everyone's getting it. The problem is, is that most people like to put meaning into the Bible and not take the meaning out of the Bible. And I've already explained what the... Proper terminologies and big words for that is, I don't need to say them. But again, we need to get our meaning from the Bible, not put our meaning into the Bible. And he did that so eloquently. Being a husband, like being a father. Yeah, I needed that. I needed someone to stop sissifying Jesus. I needed someone to stop... All this, this, oh, the society says, so I'm going to follow that because I'm afraid. Like, I I needed that. And he, and he did that for me, man. And, and eternally grateful, obviously, because it's because of him I'm still on this walk. So many pastors in my area had had completely abused the fact that I was trying to be the best Christian I could be, that they would take advantage of it. And then when I wasn't needed anymore, or when things were whatever, or when I said they did something wrong, how everything changed. But this guy, man. And I thank God. And I I have to be honest, man, I was afraid to do this. I I I didn't want to jinx the guy. And yes, I know I said jinx and oh blah blah, whatever. But you know what I mean. Okay. I didn't want to sit here and and just praise the man that he is and how he helped me and so many others that I've talked to about him. So many others. Like I was afraid, man. I, I, I was afraid that I would actually, you know, I really hope not. <laughs> but again, di- different books that I would buy his that I would read really encouraged me his ministry and, and the way he would do ministry really shaped the way that I did ministry. He, he was my pastor. And there were a couple others, and I, I will also do an episode like this to kind of thank them and, and just different things that they did. And again, drop a little clue here and there, hopefully make it into a game where by the end you guys should know. I wonder, at this point right now, whoever knows who I'm talking about, at this point right now, whenever you watch this, I want you to put in the comments the name but if you don't if you if if I say it first and then you get it I want you to be honest and put it in the comments now I need it to know and if you don't even know who he is go ahead and write in the comments I didn't know who he is but I will be looking into him cuz I'm gonna tell you right now you can't go wrong even in the climate that we're in today with CRT and yada 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 and all this That's going on in the churches. He hasn't altered. Man, he's boom, 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 boom. I saw (laughs) an episode today. It's interesting. So, as I'm going through my rabbit holes of just Bible teachings and so on and so forth, it was a teaching, not a teaching, I'm sorry. It was a video of some news anchor. Who was completely leftist completely had an agenda had him on and it had to be pretty recent because you know he, he has that beard now and um another clue so had him on and was trying to get him to to you know talk what he was talking like trying to agree with him but he wouldn't he wouldn't falter he's no you're wrong and the guy was so disrespectful. Like, I'm watching this and I want to punch the dude in his nose. Oh, you know, he, he, uh, like, I was like, wow. Because he's not a softy. Yeah, it's not what he is. Here's another clue. Dude's a, a jujitsu beast. Okay. He's a beast. Big dude. Jujitsu beast. Okay. Didn't. didn't even get mad, smiled, you know, I saw it in his eyes though, I saw it in his eyes, so he couldn't hide that, you know, I, I, people who know that, who do that look, know that look, and I was looking at it like, yeah, boy, you want to light him up, Um, but no, his his voice never changed, his demeanor never changed, you just saw it in his eye, like, you know that look, and um, it was like, wow, wow, I want to be that guy one day. I want to be someone blatantly attacking me, disrespecting me, and I can just, you know, maybe he wasn't thinking it. Maybe I was the only one thinking, it. boy, I want to pull my foot so far. No. I I, I watched that, and I was like, wow. But he didn't alter, you know, and it was the whole Black Lives Matter, this life matter, that life. This. It's like, what was this? And And I love this 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 thing he said right where he was the anchor or whatever the heck this guy was he said something about how what was it would jesus be in a black lives matter march or would jesus say black lives matter and so on and his response wasn't that jesus well his response was jesus says life matters not all lives matter not this he said, Jesus would say, lives, period, matter. And then he went into the explanation of how lives in the womb. Because that's one thing a lot of people tend to forget about, especially with these CRT conversations and so on and so forth. And the fact that he didn't pander. And so many people today, right? um, I think at this point, I'm going to have to say who he is. So that people understand. So the gentleman who says... If you can't say amen, you ought to say ouch. It's Pastor Vodi Bachman or doctor or whatever title you want to give him. Okay. I want to get to the point to know this guy. I really do. Maybe it'll happen in heaven to the point where he says, you can call me Vodi." So Mr. Bachman, Dr. Bachman, whatever, Pastor Bachman deserves... Like, yeah, he's awesome. Anyways. So... Being a black man, you know, he should be the one that's mad, right? He should be soaking in all the pandering from white pastors. All of them. Oh, come pander, pander. Give me your guilt. Give it all to me. No. It's like, stop it. Cut it out. And the way he explains critical race theory and the way he stands up for it There's only one thing that upsets me is that all the other white pastors or, or Chinese pastors or whatever pastors that are in this country, all the other non-black pastors, they've all taken a back seat. They've all taken a back seat because everything they're thinking, he's saying, so I don't have to say it, but it's really fear. It's fear. Because the problem with that is is that if they say it, then people will call them racist. But how can you call him a racist? And I love his messages on social justice and so on, where he's explaining, this is one of the things that he had said. He was talking about how someone said to him, oh, all these kids and now, you guys, you can start a basketball team. And then he was sitting there explaining basketball team. Why basketball team? Why, you know, this? It's funny because people always say to me, baseball. Because <laughs> I'm Hispanic? What makes you think I believe it? Nah. <laughs> anyway, so, and he explained that, right? But it wasn't a white person who said it because if a white person said it, it would be racist. But because it was another black person that said it, it was accepted. It that doesn't make sense. It does not make sense. My nationality and how I think should not be considered racist or not racist. If the comment itself is not racist. And, and case in point in my own life, I remember, and it actually is pretty recent, my my wife and I were talking to another couple, and the the conversation was kind of funny it was swaying or whatever and i noticed that i made a comment and it was a truthful comment stereotypical but it was a comment and i i got a look like wow because you know I, i look caucasian no one knows i'm hispanic puerto rican whatever you want to call me um but when they found out when the wife goes like she had to jump out of pocket and say oh he's puerto rican then my comment became funny like we have this in our heads, like we we need to stop this because we're playing into what they want, and they, the government, they, whoever's in charge of the government, uh, that's what they want. They want us divided. You know, you, you for for those of you that are on here, you got to look into why we're called the United States. What what is with unity? What happens when people are united? Well, you can't control them. You can't overcome them. There's a unity there, so there's more of them. It's the concept of Voltron. Okay? When people attacked Voltron individually, guess what? They would win. But when they united, it was unstoppable. Yes, I said Voltron. I'm that old. It's the same thing I've been even teaching in the church. Where where we have all these different divisions within churches between uh, denominations and so on and so forth. Like, we need to be able to unite. And if we, we're standing for the same scripture and we're standing for Christ. I don't care if you're Arminiist or Calvinist or Reformist or Thisist or Thatist. If the main thing is the main thing. right? Christ saves. That's it. That's all we know. It's nothing that we do. It's all him. All him. Nothing on our behalf. If we can stand on that doctrine, if we can stand on that fact, if we believe in the gospel, the way it's taught, and how it is, and all these other little things don't matter. If we united, imagine what we would do in this country. And here he is, not afraid to teach it. But again, the fact that now all the white pastors are like, no, I guess I don't have to teach you. He's saying it, he's saying it, he said it. You know, I I agree. They they were even afraid to say amen. Like, there was a a bunch of people sitting there. And um, in this one talk, I think it was in, like, 2014, 2013, something like that. This is how back all this social justice stuff. And someone even asked him about, what did he say? Uh, Someone asked him, being an African-American man, which he said, (laughs) he says, this person doesn't know me because they know I don't like to be called african I'm not from Africa. (laughs) But anyways, so they started asking him, uh, being an African-American man, I want to minister to an African-American man. How do you think it's the best way to, like, and I I love that he didn't, like, uh, he said, yo, that is so racist. You minister to any man the way you minister to a man or the man or whatever man. It doesn't matter what nationality they're from. It doesn't matter what their culture is. You're not giving them something that's culturally appropriate. You're giving them Christ. He's appropriate for all and everything. Like you don't need to change Christ to fit a culture. Cultures should fit themselves to follow Christ, whether it's African, Indonesian, uh, Indian, uh, let's pick China. doesn't matter where the culture comes from. They're all supposed to form and be formed through the renewing of their mind by what the scripture says. The word Christ is supposed to shape them. You're not supposed to shape Christ for them. And it doesn't matter where they come from. And I love that he he said it in his way and very eloquently, and it was amazing. I know how many pastors would only follow vodi because he was black and they were black, and, and they would give him till he started speaking on social injustice, or social justice as they call it and they would start he would start speaking on CRT and how it's wrong and how it doesn't belong in the churches and so on and everyone at that point they were like oh oh well no because they want the pandering they want to be pandered to they want to be treated as something else and it doesn't matter everyone at every point at some time went through something and we're still going through certain things. Why? Because we have a bunch of imperfect people and I already went into all this talking about the whole woke churches thing. So I, I see up. I want to go down that path. Anyways, watching this video of him, I was like, wow, man, that's, that's amazing. Because I thought here it is. I I honestly, hand to God, honestly thought this is where I was going to lose him. This is where I was going to lose one of my top fives. Because he is one, definitely a top five pastor. Teacher, the whole nine yards. Like this dude, I, I don't have the words to express what he means to my walk. Okay? You have Jesus, you know, God, the Holy Spirit, the the, the Trinity. That's, that's right there, number one. They've done it all for me. But it was them that have allowed me to even... Listen to the dude and help him be the tool to shape me. And I thought, here it is. Here it is. God's going to knock one of my top five down. I, this is it. No. Man, oh, man. I, I heard the first teaching on CRT. I, I wanted to drive to Texas and hug him. Really. Like, I was so happy. I was like, he, he, he's. <laughs> okay. <laughs> scripture is Scripture. And again, it's, it's, it's amazing, it's amazing how being a doctor, being a pastor, being a minister, being all these things. Like, I, I would love to to ask so many questions because I have so much to, to even glean from him. But just the, the snippets that I get, man. The, the fire. So what I, I, I would definitely have to say is, man, thank you, Vody. Thank you, Vodi Bachman. Doctor, pastor, whatever title you want, go ahead and put it in front of that. You deserve it. You've been a doctor in my life because the illness and the cancer that has been creeping in Christianity was definitely trying to creep into my life, man, and you like a good doctor. You know, you were the tool that God used to make sure that none of that stayed. You were a, a father figure where, I mean, my dad's been gone for years, but you were, you were a father figure without even knowing because the conversations that I wish I could have with a man to help me become a, a better father, you, my friend, did it through your sermons and teachings and books without even knowing me. I have to thank you for the fact that that my wife says that I am a good husband. My wife says that. And that's not because of the things that I thought. I mean, uh, according to what the Bible said, man, you really affirmed those things. You really have. Through, again, all the outlets. You were the perfect tool for this job that God had. Because I am a job. (laughs) God is working. (laughs) And you were definitely one of the greatest tools in my life. And are, unless you stop teaching, don't stop teaching. Keep teaching, keep putting it out there. And if there's a way to get a through the Bible of yours, cause I've even called the church and they didn't. <laughs> yes, I did call and try to get a, a message of your, like a, a through the Bible of yours. Mm-mm. And I, I would have taken an MP3, man. I, I'd take anything. Like, I, I genuinely, there are certain scriptures I haven't heard you teach through, and I'd like to hear them. But I have to say, man, uh, I'm so grateful in so many ways of the ministry and the person that God has made you. I love the fact that there's similar backgrounds, and I can't say, well, you don't know what I've been through. You don't know why. Because very similar. Uh, Yeah, very similar, but man, I'm, I'm so grateful, so grateful for your ministry. So Mr. Vodi Bachman, thank you for being a tool, (laughs) just sounds so wrong, (laughs) but for being a tool in God's hand while he worked on me. I wish I had better words, bigger words. I mean, you're from Oxford, so I'm sure you can put some in there. Please do so. But if there were more pastors like you, this country wouldn't be what it is. And what I mean by that, these weak Christians in this country, because they've been sitting before people who sissified Jesus to the point where, I can't do no wrong. I, I can't do no wrong you know and I, and i know who i am i know i'm saved by grace i know it is his mercy his grace and i also know what a wretched man that i am but it's because i know these things that i strive right i pray and i ask that god do the work but it doesn't mean that i sit on the couch and do nothing i strive to be better I strive to be a better husband because I do love my wife. And I didn't fall in love with my wife like a fairy tale. Love came in time. Lust was definitely there. But the love came in time. And through your messages, I've learned how to express that love correctly, biblically. The father that I am and how I want to not be my kids' friends because they don't need me as their friend. They need me to train them up. They need me to be a teacher, a pastor, and a prophet in their lives. They need that in order to be that for their children and so on. Uh, That I learned through your messages. Just the fact that I want to take my children's education serious and teach them the things of God and teach them to stand up for the things of God. You were the tool in all of that. It was the books and the resources that you have put out and people who had recordings of the things that you have done. So if... Yeah. And I'll even go to the point where one day I would love to meet you to personally shake your hand and thank you. Because that's how much you've worked in my life. And I'm sharing the lives of... Lives of others, so I, I continuously pray for you, though I do not know you, because I don't want—I <laughs> don't want a Reverend Zachariah. I don't want anything like that. Uh, I've always said my favorite pastors are are dead pastors because they can never falter. <laughs> They're gone, <laughs> but um, man, I pray that that you. To that, that role and, and that, that person who God has made you. And you continue to put things out so that I can continue to glean from the wisdom and knowledge that God is embarking in you through all your experiences and the things that you've gone through. And that the same way Paul says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Know that, that I've, I can't say I've had a Paul to imitate. But I've had a Vody Bachman to imitate, and I appreciate it. For the rest of you who don't know who he is, look him up. He's been such a blessing in my life. I don't see how he can't be in yours. And I know a lot of the people that do listen to this channel, that do, you already know, we're not about sisifying Jesus. We're not about taking away from Jesus. We're not trying to turn Jesus into a flower-loving, tree-hugging hippie. That's not what we do here. We teach Jesus as Jesus is in the Bible. We're going through Acts as it says in there. We're not trying to flower it up and make it more appealing. Because if Christ alone is not appealing to you, then Christ alone is not for you. And if alone Christ is not for you, then you don't want Christ. You want the idea of what you think he is. That's not who he is. Who do you think he said, depart from me, I do not know you? He didn't say that to non-believers. He said that to the people who thought they believed. Read that scripture. Do a study on that whole portion. Who was he talking to? Why would he say, depart from me, I do not know you? You will say my name. Meaning, you know of him. And again... I thank you so much, Bodie Bachman. Thank you so much. Because I didn't see the Jesus that these churches were teaching. I couldn't see him. And besides one or two other pastors, living wise, right? Because of course I read the old school guys and everyone would say, oh, well, ugh, you, you know, they, they, they were fire and brimstone. They were this, they're, they're dead already, blah, blah, blah. But no, I could say, I could say you. You I I could say you. And I'm going to do another episode fairly soon <laughs> depending on time on another pastor that I do want to talk about. Because he's been that that other <laughs> that other and living pastors cuz I am hoping that someday you do watch this. And hey, uh hit me up. You don't have to like the channel, you don't have to like the video, you don't have to do any of that. But hit me up. You, you are a dude that I will travel for. I will travel for, without a doubt. Not to Africa. Texas, maybe. But I would definitely love to sit down and have a very big cup of coffee with you. Or tea, whatever it is that you drink. Because I think you were talking about coffee. The last message I heard said something about coffee. Either way, sit down and just really pick your brain. Like, you are definitely, not because you're a celebrity pastor, because people have made you that, but there's so much wisdom there. There is so much knowledge in there that I, I know I haven't gotten. And I, I'd definitely like to have the opportunity to face-to-face learn from you. But then again, only God knows. Either way, for the rest of everyone here, God bless you guys till the next one.